All views and language expressed by the hosts and guests on this podcast are solely their personal opinions and do not reflect their employers or organizations they are associated with. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. This is an intro sponsored by ChatGPT. Does OpenAI own the rights to this intro? <laughs> I hope not. Brought to you by Skynet. <laughs> Welcome to the Bombay You Learn podcast, where we explore the many facets of failure, how it affects us, and how it can help us grow. I'm your host, Craig, and joining us is our co-host, Mike. Today, we'll define failure and share our personal stories of how we've used it as a learning experience and as sources of confidence. Failure can be a difficult experience to process, but it's a normal part of the growth journey. We'll discuss the emotional impact of failure and provide tips and insights on how to embrace it learn from it, and use it as a catalyst for growth and success. Whether you're someone who's experienced failure and is looking for ways to move forward, or you're just curious about this topic, join us for an honest, thought-provoking conversation about failure and the lessons it can teach us. Let's start exploring the world of failure together. Did you write that? or the that Chat GPT wrote that. That is scary. Yeah, it it's was, so good. It was so good. <laughs> yeah. Like, it was so, like, it was so expertly written right it's like, scary fucking skynet is here why why are we needed at all at this point we're the human connection but then like <laughs> oh my gosh that's that was so good i'm gonna have that thing make me a youtube channel <laughs> no you you can but that's i feel bad though like i would feel guilty if i like i feel like i'm I would be like, what is it? Like using Cliff Notes? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's not my original thought. Like, yeah, but Cliff Notes still charge you like $15 a book. I guess. <laughs> I guess at this point, no idea is original anymore anyway. <laughs> right. All right. So, wow, that was awesome. That can was can we have that intro. thing write my script too? And then I'll just read whatever Chad GPG says. You can try. Man. You can feed it. I'd, I'd rather not. Because <laughs> like, like 50 years from now, there's going to be like a clone of me. That would be really strange. Maybe but even in 10 years. And then with all the content years, that we're putting years. out, it's going to just use our voice. Oh, that's so scary. Dude, can you imagine like we can forever be with our kids and our grandkids yeah, but and their grandkids? Would our consciousness be with our like no, just but they can be like, look what I can make my ancestors <laughs> say. <laughs> oh man, I don't want that. I'd rather just like, like just fizzle out into oblivion and, <laughs> and nobody remember me. That's what I would prefer. It's okay if uh, history has proven after three generations, everyone will forget you anyway. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, we'll see. I mean, like at this point, with how much technology we have to record everything we're doing, uh, there's, there's. such a higher chance that like our thoughts and um and achievements will be visible to future generations like we can't go back and see like like i don't i can't see like what people were doing around like the civil war time but i know about abraham lincoln right only because he was like super famous and he got all that attention he was a president right but like nowadays anyone with a phone can record and get attention, right? Yeah. So, like, everyone, everyone would be, like, an Abraham Lincoln. And, like, it's just, that's, like, unless there's, like, a global cataclysmic event that wipes out civilization, like Graham like Hancock. Solar flare. Like, 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 <laughs> like how Graham Hancock said, right? Right, an EMP. Yeah, it, unless there's something like that, 
that erases all the records. Like, dude, yeah, like every single thing we do will be recorded. That's so scary. It's a lot for eternity. Yep. Here's one thing that I'm going to say be- to blow your mind before we get into it. Oh, no. So they've learned that you can basically put data onto DNA. And your a DNA strand can hold like two trillion terabytes or something crazy. I remember reading this. So like they're talking about biological data storage. So if AI and like robots become a thing, now we can encode into them data on top of the fact that they're machines. All right. I'm never going to sleep again. <laughs> Thank, thanks for that. You're welcome. I'm never going to sleep again. <laughs> just coffee and, uh, yeah, just, just coffee and, and Netflix, I guess. <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to make it through the night. Have you watched Black Mirror? I have. Yeah. That's it, what, it just reminds me of so many different episodes. That show was really interesting. I wish they'd do another season. I would watch another season. Yeah. yeah, that was, it was like, definitely not something I would normally watch. Yeah. But I did get into it. I got into it so much. Yeah. Because they say it's like the Twilight Zone for our age. It kind of is, right? They yeah. totally reminded me of that. I used to watch the Twilight Zone yeah. when I was um, growing up, uh, like getting babysat <laughs> in my grandma's house. <laughs> <coughs> All right. Okay. So we're going to define failure really quickly. And then kind of wanted to go into certain topics, like specific failures that we might have had, ways that, would drive us to the finish line. I think one thing that Mike brought up was time when I wanted something, straight up failed, and I gave up. Something that I was thinking of, too, when I was thinking about our topics for discussion today was like a downward spiral, like when you just go to a dark place after you fail at something. I think that's something I wanted to talk about, too. But then I want to tie it back to the intent of the podcast, right? we want to be practitioners of growth and how does failure become a mechanism or provide that feedback for the growth mindset. And the last thing to cover is just, you know, teaching ourselves to be kind because we do a lot. We put a lot on the line every day and just, you know, be kind to yourself too. So failure is defined by the condition or fact of not achieving the desired ends or results or the condition or fact of being insufficient or falling short. So in my quick interpretation of that, it's like I set a goal and I just didn't achieve it. So let's talk about specific failures. And do you want to go first or you want me to go first? Because I kind of had like two thoughts on I'll, I'll let I'll examples. let you go first about the sp- the specific examples, but I'd like to expand on the definition a little bit okay. because and this is where like like r- right away I, I was thinking we're probably gonna have different thought processes here, but um, but uh, something that we talked about before was like when I brought up the idea of like talking about failures, right? You you mentioned how like you were having difficulty thinking of a time where you felt like you failed and I thought I was laughing and I thought it was so funny and it's like what are you perfect right and I was like oh Craig you're so so arrogant and then and then like today I was taking notes 
and um, I realized that, like, based on that definition, I was having difficulty coming up with things, examples to share today. And I was like, wait a second. Now I'm the one who's like, <laughs> I think I'm perfect, right? Like, so, so, but then I, so then I started to think, okay, what, what, how would I define what is a failure? And, mm. and my definition is actually a little different. So the way I, I view it is to me, if I feel like I failed at something, I have a sense of regret for the choices I made. And that's to me, like wh- how I would define a failure. Um, and I, I realized it's like, as I started like thinking of examples, they're all tied to feeling regret about choices I made. And it wasn't so much about like not achieving a result. It was, it was like, it was a feeling of regret. Yeah. So it wasn't so much like goal oriented as much as it was like how I felt about it. Yeah. We were different. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, it, and it's just, it just kind of, an, I mean like all the things I'll share are about not achieving a certain result for sure. Yeah. But I identify those specific things as failures because they're attached to a feeling of regret. Yeah. It's not inherently to me, it's not inherently a failure if I don't care about it. Yes. Yes. That's a hundred percent. Oh man. Okay. <laughs> so. Cause like there, uh. <laughs> where do we begin? Go. Why don't you, we'll, we'll get right why, into it. Yeah. Why don't you, I'll let you go first with your examples on here. What you got to say. Okay. Okay. So I, I vibe with that a lot because regret is one of the strongest emotions that we feel because of that opportunity cost and sunk cost, right? You put in all this time and effort and then nothing. So for me, <laughs> it's kind of funny. I remember reading a book called The Secret and it was kind of pseudoscience You put it out into the universe. You put it on you know, your vision board and it'll come to you just by thinking about it, right? Life doesn't work like that. But by thinking about it, you align your thoughts to the idea or your goal, and you're more receptive to things that would knock on that door. I think that that was more of what I got out of that book. Because one of the things that I put on there is like, I want to have a million dollars by the time I'm 30. That's a fail. (laughs) I wish I had even freaking 50K, but I don't have that either. So, you know, whatever. (laughs) So, you know, the, um, from a goal standpoint, that was a failure. Do I regret setting that goal? Not really. It kind of helped me think realistically, what would I need to do from a career standpoint, from a skills standpoint, from how do I align my daily actions to get to that far goal, right, of making a million dollars by 30. So I think... On that sense, I started thinking about it a little more like, recently, what have I failed at? Because something you said just now, right? If you don't attach the emotion of regret to your failure, you don't really care about it. And I think that's a, a really good thing because when I train jujitsu, I'm always attempting to do like a sweep, get to a certain position, try a submission. And if we consider that by the definition I gave, those are mini goals, I failed at every single one of those goals. <laughs> you can't, like, in jiu-jitsu, if you're rolling with someone bigger than you, you can't force it, mm-hmm. right? But you kind of have to go with the flow. So, like, that's kind of how I thought of failure is 
it's also like a guidance system. It's a it's a correction mechanism where this is if you have your big long term goal, this is my big long term goal, and you're taking this action, you fail, it's sort of like correcting you along the way. And if that goal is that important to you that you're gonna keep holding on to it as you keep failing, then you're gonna just keep correcting until you get there. So that's for me, that's a specific example of failure that is kinda eh. But going to what I mentioned just earlier, like I don't really think I've been and I spent all day, all weekend thinking about this. I don't really think I have a specific goal that I'm aiming for that I'm invested in right now. And I'm kind of like, is that a problem? Not really, because I think I also have a system that says, if I have this mini goal, this checkpoint, and I fail, I'm going to self-correct. And that's just part of my daily process, my background operating system. So no matter what happens, be it in jujitsu, in the career, or whatever, already I'm thinking, okay, how do I correct this and continue to grow and be better? But as far as like a specific defined goal, like making a million dollars by 40, that's not there. So do you have anything like that's similar to that or more so on the regret side? (laughs) (laughs) You know, I feel like um, one of the things that that you kind of put on the agenda was talking about like micro failures. And I feel, I feel like, like I, I definitely have examples of, of going through those cycles as well. And I feel like the micro failures <clears throat> are like, uh, it, there's just less regret attached to them. It's like, yeah, it's just like, I mean, I'm still like not getting what I'm supposed to be doing, but then like, it just doesn't hurt as bad. Yeah. And then like, so I, I, I guess it's just like different degrees. Like I have a couple examples of like, what I would consider major failures, mm-hmm. things I deeply regret um, that taught me a life lesson, mm. like profound, deep, life-changing yeah. event, okay? <laughs> and then, but then the micro failures are things that like, so you use like jujitsu as an example. Like for me, like in work, I'll use a work example. Okay. Um, the skill of uh, learning how to like write mm. and communicate in mm. a way that achieves um, like, the most efficient result. Yeah. Um, like I, over time, just by writing lots of different documents or like having, uh, holding meetings, running meetings and just experiencing like, like what works and what doesn't over and over and over and over. Eventually now it's like, I realize it, it, when I look back, I developed a skill of being able to write professionally um, and have like a, a, a set way I do it. I do it the same way every time. It, it, it requires less creativity at this point because now, like, I already know generally the structure of everything I'm going to say. Um, but it that all came through, like, const- like sending countless emails, drafting memos, um, and uh, just even just verbally communicating through meetings and planning out agendas. At all the times I, I, I got, like, criticized for saying something weird or this isn't clear... Over time, it's like all of those things added up to me learning, okay, like do this, don't do this. And like yeah. you said, it was just feedback right. that that led me to be able to, to do it in a, like the most efficient way I know how today. Um, other examples, more fun examples are like <laughs> Street Fighter. I, I like yeah. video games, right? Um, 
play music. Yeah. Um, like when those, you're off beat or something. That's yeah. That's an instant. Oh yeah. Reaction, right? Instant feedback. Yeah, and 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 uh, right. It's just and it's, it, all the micro lens is just like there's less regret attached to it. Like I made a mistake, but there's very little consequence tied to it. Um, in some cases, I noticed that that process for me was uh, accidental. And like my focus was so driven towards like something that I wanted, like a level, like when it came to these things, those three examples, it all had to do with me wanting a level of proficiency. There was no set, like I got to be able to do like, like this or achieve this result um, or this, this level or award or whatever. It was always like, I wanted to feel better at this thing. And then like, all the little errors I would make didn't matter as much, um, but so but like when it, now looking back and seeing that experience, I can also now consciously deliberately apply that to anything I choose now, because I know that that process worked for those things. If I choose to do something today, I could use that experience, that system of constantly making mistakes in the right direction, to to learn anything I want today. So as long as I'm willing to put in the effort. Right. Yeah. yeah. As long as you're willing to put in the yeah. effort. <laughs> <laughs> to tolerate the pain. Yeah. And that that's a big key, right? Especially, I think, in the growth process, when you're wanting to do something and you're willing to tolerate, like, is that Viktor Frankl, right? A man that has any why can bear any how or any what or something. Ooh, that's <laughs> good. I've never heard that before. That's a good one. I like that. A man that has any why can bear almost anyhow. I believe that is the quote. That's cool. I like that. Yeah. That makes sense to me. We have the book also, Man's Search for Meaning, if you want to give it a read. Oh, is that in our library? Okay. Okay. I'll go check that one out. Okay. Okay. So, you want to give one on regret where it was a strong emotion tied to a specific failure or... Oh, yeah. I'm ready. Let's go. All right. So, um... I won't go super deep in each of these. I have three examples just to kind of give like a variety of, of ideas here. One of the, one of the, they all, I noticed, even though there's three different examples and three told the nature of what I was doing is completely different. They all taught me the same lesson over time. In hindsight, I see the same theme across all of them. Um, So one of them was tearing my ACL. When I tore my knee, that was one experience. Um, And, this other one is not so much like a specific instance, but anytime where like I frivolously spent money to buy something I didn't need, it's kind of more of like a collective failure. <laughs> and then like uh, when I when I experienced heartbreak in like a relationship. Oh man! So three totally different examples, right? Yeah. All of them taught me the same lesson, and each of them. In each instance, I realized that for me, a a big problem that I had that I was dealing with that I think that is super normal that probably everyone deals with um, and that I will probably continue to deal with uh, if if I'm not conscious about it is that I was seeking some sort of like purpose, fulfillment um, or happiness from external means in all of them. And... Like, so for example, like when I tore my ACL, um, it was devastating to me and it was such a stupid mistake. Like it was, it was so quick how it happened and it, it, 
it ruined, it felt like I ruined my life because mm. at the time I was really into martial arts and I didn't realize that I was using martial arts as a crutch to fulfill like my sense of purpose and happiness. Mm. And like, I'm not, and I'm not saying martial arts are bad now or I think that they're bad now. Of course not. Like I think they're great. It's great for exercise. It's great for all kinds of things, right? Lots of benefits. But for me personally, it was more like an internal issue where why was I participating in martial arts? And and if I'm being honest with myself, I was using it as a means to, um, to uh, feel fulfilled and, and, and to, to, to be my sense of purpose. And there's nothing wrong with getting fulfillment, I think, from martial arts. But when it becomes like, uh, like when I become dependent on it, just like anything, not just martial arts, anything, when I became dependent on it for the happiness, then when it was taken away from me, I felt like a victim. I felt like I, I lost my knee. Now I can't do martial arts. I feel like, like I, now, now I've lost something. And then, and then that feeling of like failure, the consequence of my failure, just re that you want to talk about spiral, like, Oh my gosh, I was devastated. Let's go there. So that, that, and then, and then from, so from that, yeah, like for a long time, for months, I was just, I felt despair as a result because I was using it for like stress relief and to like, I was at the time, the work that I was doing was very stressful mm. and I was using martial arts as a means to release the stress. Mm. And when, when I couldn't do it that way anymore and I didn't effectively pivot to any other way, all that stress accumulated mm. and I was, I, I, I felt like I was in despair and I felt so sorry for myself that I, I, I was like, this was taken from me. Mm. I, it, like it wasn't like, like I, I don't know. I just, I felt like I was robbed and, yeah. and, and, and I wasn't owning it and trying to find some other way to relieve stress or to like, to find like happiness and enjoyment. Um, I didn't have any other hobbies really at the time. Um, but eventually like what, what allowed me to recover from that um, and this is the same across all the board, uh, all like across the board with all of these things, right? Um, was like acceptance and, and, and awareness of myself and um, and what I feel is truly important. So I'll, I'll kind of dive into that a little bit more. I'll give uh, I'll kind of explain more details about the other like failures I had or experienced. Um, the other one were like <coughs> buying frivolous things. I, it always came with a sense of regret after. Bruh. Like I, <laughs> I oh man, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like, and I won't even explain like things I bought because like, it's not like what I bought that I feel like ashamed of, but I feel ashamed of admitting that I bought these things to find happiness. Mm. It's like. When if somebody heard like the things that I I bought, they'd be like, like they like from the outside looking in, it's probably really easy to say like, why would you think that that would make your life happier? Yeah. You know, it seemed it truly seems so frivolous. Yeah, so embarrassing. <laughs> um, and then like with heartbreak, kind of similar to martial arts, it was all of these things where like, like w well with um, 
with purchasing frivolous things, I'm looking for material satisfaction with relationships. I'm depending on a person, like codependency, like all of these, these things are all about depending on something outside of myself yeah. to find peace, serenity, happiness, fulfillment. So that was the common lesson that I learned. When I look back and reflect on all these, all these things that I identify as, these are my failures. I realize I learned the same lesson in all of them, and I'm probably going to continue learning the same lesson <laughs> for the rest of my life, right? Obviously, I didn't learn after the first three, <laughs> but um, it's like thinking about what you're saying. It's having that self-awareness to go, is it me? Where inside of me is this coming from? Yep. And then being able to put it out like after turning it inwards, put it outwards and then start correcting it. Yep, right? exactly. That's that like that in a nutshell, because one of the topics you have here is like, like the solution, right? In a nutshell, that's exactly it. Yeah. yeah. And we can, we can go more into that later. Yeah. But those are the examples I had. Okay. Okay. I got it. I wrote them down so we can talk into it. Yeah, yeah. So I think let's go to micro failures real quick. So there's a lot of things that whether or not we know that we do and we constantly fail at. Like, for example, we're doing this fitness challenge with some friends that we work with. And on Saturday, I baked a pan of brownies. <laughs> <laughs> and guess what? I ate already half the pan of brownies and half a tub of ice cream. So <laughs> I had McDonald's yesterday if it makes you feel better. It does. That's a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's part of the reason why I feel shitty today. <laughs> I'm sure it is. <laughs> I feel sluggish. But, th- you know, those, there's all those little things where you can say it's micro failures, right? Because you, you have a certain goal and your emotion isn't as strongly attached to it. And it's just like, eh, okay, so I did mess up with intent. Because <laughs> I knew what I was doing. <laughs> but then... Now I have to go clean up after myself and go work out and make sure the rest of my diet is on point to finish out this challenge. And that's the consequence, right? So I think some aspect of failure, there's risk involved, right? Like a calculated amount of risk. And for small things, that's why I called it a micro failure, you can sort of just brush it off your shoulder. But for bigger things and going into the next item is, you know, what would you do to drive it to the finish line and make sure you actually succeed, right? So for that fitness example that I gave, and this is something I used to be really good at when I chose to have good self-control and discipline. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, thinking back at a time where I was really disciplined is everything was smart, right? That acronym for a goal setting, specific, attainable, measurable, um, results based and timely so for that example is like i wanted to lose i think 10 pounds and i did it because i've created a system which i tracked everything that went in my mouth if i was hungry fine because i had a bigger goal my weightlifting cardio routine was consistent and then in the entire process right monitor and adjust if i found myself needing more energy for a workout, okay, maybe I eat my snack closer to the workout so I could finish it. If I found myself more tired than normal, maybe 
I went too hard the day before and I need to dial it back for this workout. But it's just having, right, the goal, having your system and then monitoring and adjusting and having that feedback loop, being aware to that feedback loop. So for you, Mike, with you can use fitness or another goal. I think it's just an easier topic because everyone's tried to get fit <laughs> at yeah. some point in time. Right? <laughs> what helped you to drive something to the finish line where instead of regretting it, you relished the moment maybe or mm-hmm. you enjoyed it? Yep. That's, yeah, that's exactly in line with what I was thinking too. So something in common that you me- that I have uh, with you, as you mentioned, was like that awareness and perspective. <clears throat> For me, like, the notes that I took were kind of, like, more general. But I can tie it to any example that I shared. So, like, from just, like, a, a general explanation, like, for me, it starts with, a, like, a, a level, high heightened level of awareness and an, a, a broadened perspective when it comes to, and the way, the way that I achieve that is by staying, like, focused, like, living in the moment. Because a lot of times, like, if I make a decision that I regret, that I feel bad about, that happened, it's in the past. I can't change that. And if I'm if I'm feeling, like, despair now, it's because I can't let go of that. Mm. So the first thing I do is bring myself to the present and let go of the past. Um, and then start to evaluate what's important to me. What is actually important? What do I actually care about right now in this moment? And then... What I found, in, like, in general is something that, like, is really common for me in terms of, like, what, when, I, when I deeply reflect on it, I realize that what makes me happy is actually finding some way to provide value to somebody else. And sometimes, and that sounds, like, really, like, like I'm, like, uh, I, I don't know, I guess that's kind of cliche, but, but, but I, what I mean by that is it could come in so many different forms. Yeah. I don't just mean, like, like, do, like giving to charity. Like right. what I like, like bringing value to somebody else could be like as simple as like seeing something funny and making somebody laugh, mm, mm. you know, like it, it, it could be like an interaction. There's like small things, then there's big things, right? Like I, doing this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're trying to bring value to other people. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. I mean, cause like, yeah. cause although I enjoy having these conversations with you, the idea that if it could help somebody is even more exciting. Yeah. So, Same. and that, that kind of gets me going. So like, so like um, that being a common theme of of when I'm consciously aware of my own thoughts and perspective, <laughs> that's a common theme of what drives me to want to finish certain things is is like like and, and there's a fine line between bringing value to somebody and seeking validation from somebody. Oh, yeah, that's a, that's like a that's a slippery slope. You got to yeah. be careful with that. I feel I feel I I uh, I've made mistakes there before, but um. Uh, when it comes to, and when it comes to providing value to other people, like it doesn't even have to be like a super long term thing. It could just be like, cause like, well, now that Skynet is live, <laughs> right? Perhaps the things we do today will be on record for the rest of eternity. Who knows? Right. But <laughs> like the thought that I had before Skynet is, uh, became a reality is that, um, I always, you'd think like a hundred years from now, I'm going to be dead. Everyone I know is going to be dead. No one's going to care about what I did in my life. Good or bad. Yeah. Right. Like, I mean, like they're going to be busy with their own day to day stuff. No one's going to care. So 
that that, that could be per, like perceived two different ways. It could be really bad, really good. Yeah. But like, it if I just focus on what doing it like right now, then that's all that really matters. It doesn't matter to me what happens down the line. And it's so funny because like we're talking about growth. I don't care about growth. <laughs> I said it. I said it. Dang. Get this guy out of the podcast. Get him out of the room. Uh, Security. Security. <laughs> I don't actually care about growth. What? Because I feel like growth is a byproduct of what I do. What? Yeah. What, what I like to do. I was gonna. Yeah, I was just about to say, by living in the moment and giving value to the people around you, like that is an effort of trying to be better already. Yeah. You know, it's it's like. Let's let's take health for example, right? Let's say you just ate unhealthy all the time, and mm-hmm. you're you would be prone to getting a heart attack or something, right? Mm-hmm. Like, who is that benefiting? It's not benefiting your kids. There's no value in it for them. They're gonna lose a father, right? But by taking care of yourself, right, taking care of your health, taking care of your career, mm-hmm. you're able to provide as a father a place for them to live, provide them maybe for their grandkids to meet you and their crazy dad. Makes mm. perverted jokes all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Cut that out, Mark. Mark. <laughs> yeah, no, the, like, like I like what you said earlier about creating a system, and that's I, I totally agree with that because what I found is when I have that awareness of, like, of uh, just being present, and I only focus on the things that I can do right now, then that's the system is all that matters. Like the result is in the future. It, that is irrelevant. Like, it doesn't matter. And yeah. as soon as I let go of both the past, of the regret, and I let go of the goal, the future, ironically, <laughs> letting go of the goal <laughs> is something that I found very often is beneficial to me actually achieving the goal. And, like, law of attraction, right? Like, like you were talking about it earlier. Like, it could be, like, whether pe- people want to think of it as a mystical thing or a scientific thing or like, cause even like the idea of like what you were saying earlier about how, when, when you focus your thoughts on something, the brain is a problem solving machine and eventually it'll come up with ideas to, to solve that puzzle. Right. Like e- even if it's just as simple as that, um, that it, that's, all, that's the, the process is, is all that there is. And then like making those like small uh, small steps or small achievements through the system and gain, gaining some some results over time it stacks up and then I get enjoyment from the progress not realizing that like like it's just a byproduct of that my happiness is a byproduct of just doing what I could right now yeah and yeah. then and then it then it just that then eventually that system will drive me across the finish line yeah. nice yeah uh, as you're saying that, the words that kind of organized in my head was the goal or the outcome is a byproduct of your system, mm-hmm. which means by having and living in the moment in your system, whatever happens in the future is a byproduct of the quality of the value mm-hmm. that you're producing, right? Yep. And if you're a net negative, <laughs> if you're just consuming, frivolously spending, <laughs> yeah. There is no, you're not necessarily creating value for others. So there's no byproduct, no net good that came out of that. Mm-hmm. And that's, I can see how that would tie to your feeling of regret and failure. <laughs> yep. 
Okay. And it applies to anything. Like yeah. I was talking about my so my ACL, I busted yeah. my ACL. Yeah. I saw it. I saw it. Um, like my I I, t- I, t- I tied that to my identity, mm-hmm. and when I lost it, right. But like, what I found was that there were other activities I could do in my life that would that would lead to other other forms of happiness. Like I can't be as active as I was before. Like I can't skateboard now. I like it's it's I can't I can barely like jog. I can certainly can't run. Um but like I found other ways to spend my time. And then and because like once I let go of what happened, like I can't change what happened and I let go of trying to achieve a level of proficiency in martial arts, then it's almost like a burden was lifted off of me. Mm. And and then it, and only focusing on what I can do now. Then I found other hobbies. I found like this. Yeah. Right. This is fun. Like I started reading more, mm. and I learned so much from like the last like six months to a year or so of just reading. Yeah. Watching. I like my whole like my whole philosophy changed in the last year profoundly in such a positive way that I don't know if it would have if I had yeah. continued. So like. By by letting go of that feeling of regret and then letting go of trying to achieve like a sense of identity from from that activity, like I found peace in 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 other ways. Like now it's like I'm no longer trying to seek that that peace from something like an activity like that. And this is the same is true for the others. Like buying material stuff, relationships with other people. When I let go of these things, I let go of physical things. I let go of people. I find like I have better relationships with people now. More honest, genuine relationships. I like the things when I don't when I stop buying f- things frivolously. I value the things I have more. Like the cure for all this stuff is is um. It's, the just like the cure for like the despair and the depression, and uh, that that I would feel from the failure is acceptance, gratitude, and ownership. Mm. Like, though, for me, like, that's a real common thing. That's the, that's the cure. Acceptance, gratitude, and ownership. Like, and I think you even mentioned something like that earlier, right? It's, like, not just, not just, like, letting go of those things and being present and being, like, blank and neutral, but, like, embracing it. Yeah. Like, loving the fact that this happened. Amor Fati, right? Loving, loving fate and... And accepting and and embracing it, and then and then owning what happens next, through through the system. Yeah. But it like that, letting go of the future, I feel is a real like ego checker. Like, there is no room for ego in the future. Mm-hmm. Like if I want, if I let go of my ego, then then I can effectively let go of the goal. Because mm. when I attach my ego to that result, that's when there's a problem. That's, yeah, and that, I mean, it's a good thing to have an ego because it's your sense of self, right? But once that ego is all there is, then you're nothing, really, yep. right? Because you, you no longer have a sense of self. You've tied your identity to something else that might not be beneficial, like a toxic girlfriend <laughs> 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 or, like, I don't know, CrossFit and, you know, tearing your ACL or, like, martial arts, tearing your ACL, right? Mm-hmm. I think with that being said, what about there is something that, you know, you wanted 
a goal that you were chasing, but you couldn't get to it, you know? <laughs> Straight up failed and just gave up on so, it. Oh, man. <laughs> so, like, it's so funny. Because, like, okay, so for things that I've, I've, like, wanted to achieve, straight up failed and straight up gave up. These examples are way less profound. <laughs> they're way less, they're way less impressive. So in contrast, so let me just put this in perspective. In contrast, all the, the things that you regretted and you failed at was, made such a profound impact on you. But the things that you let go is meh. Exactly. <laughs> Like this is the part you know we're like this is the part where I agree with you and like it, it was tough to come up with something I truly failed at, and and there like I came up with a few examples but when I explain these they they are not gonna sound important at all, right. so for example like okay, here's a easy here's a simple one right like I like playing guitar, so okay I I picked up a hobby playing guitar just just to explore trying to do a different hobby, and I play drums. And, and I feel comfortable playing the drums. And I thought, oh, like I, I like playing music. I'll try to learn a different instrument. Um, but like I just stopped. And like I sold my guitar. Like I don't even have it anymore. I totally gave up on trying to learn how to, get, how to play guitar. Now, but it's not, it's not a bad thing. It's not like I, I'm just so sucky at it that like I, there's no hope for me. The, like my letting go of that was, it was a choice. Because I didn't want, I, I know what it takes to learn music. I, I've like I've experienced improving proficiency at drums, so I know what it would take to be good at guitar. I just did not prioritize those like practicing to achieve that that result. Like I I care about other things more, and so I was like, I don't. This isn't important to me. I got rid of it. <laughs> Are you me? Because I have that exact same thing. <laughs> Are you serious? I bought a guitar. I tried to learn how to play it. I learned the chords, but I knew what it takes. It took to play music because yeah. yeah. I played the saxophone yep. in high school. And I was like, there's no way. I am not going to invest that amount of time. Yeah. And I am not dedicated enough to this instrument to do that because I like doing other things. Yep. It just wasn't that much of a goal or a priority for me, too. Yep. <laughs> I've had a lot of people share this Brad, that same experience. There's so many people. <laughs> like, but, and it all starts with that, that awareness, right? Like right. Taking a step back and be like, okay what's really important to me right now? Like is, 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 is learning how to do this important to me? Cause if it's not, I know I'm not going to enjoy the process. And why are you doing it? Cause what? right. I wanted to learn to, you know, to get chicks. Girls. You want to, you want <laughs> chicks. I knew it. I, I mean, who does like look at every rock star, <laughs> <laughs> but, and then, yeah, drummers and saxophone, they don't get the chicks. That's why right. it's always right. the, like exactly. the lead guitarist or like the, the, the front the front, the man. front man, yeah 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 and like again that's that's one of the things I don't regret letting go of either I just don't care enough about it yep yeah and that's and it's okay yep. like like I came up with these examples like and like another one would be um obedience training for my dog oh no like my dog my dog like he 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 wasn't like a bad dog but like I just wanted him to be like really really well behaved and like like I wanted him to just be like more pleasant to live with. Mm. Like, cause he was kind of selfish <laughs> to be honest. Um, but then like it, but because he wasn't that bad, it just wasn't that important to me mm. to fix it. And I, and like, I kind of looked at it as like a hobby. Mm. Like this is not yep. mandatory. Like as long as he's not tearing up shoes in the couch and peeing in the house, he's not that bad. Yeah. Right. Like anything above that is like extra. 
Mm. And I, like, I just didn't care enough. I was like, ah, forget it. Like, I, I don't want to do it anymore. With my next dog that I got from the beginning, like it was super important. And, and like I chose that this is going to be a priority. I had, I because it was like, something I really wanted to drive from the beginning of my relationship with the dog this time. Cause the last, the last time I started very late. Yeah. So it was kind of hard, yeah. but this next one, I wanted it to be good. So I, I prioritized it. I made it a hobby and, and I enjoyed the process of doing it. And, and so there's that, this one, you're going to love this one. <laughs> the final boss okay. in bloodborne. Oh my God. <laughs> that like, was one of my 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 deepest failures. <laughs> I know it doesn't sound that important, but like, dude, you don't know how pissed I was. Hey, it's it's defined as something that I you're was, aiming for. I was pissed. <laughs> like, like for me, uh, and same thing. It's all the same. It was a deliberate choice to not pursue that goal anymore because I re- I thought to myself, what's more important to me? And I realized the reason I gave up to me, like that that one is like the most clear failure in my life. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a clear like it comes to mind so easily because when I was in the moment like I was I was very upset like I like I got good at that game and I thought I was good and then that that game taught me a lesson I am not as good as I thought I was right <laughs> but then like I, I realized when, once I took a step back and tried to like be present I realized that I wasn't enjoying the process anymore I was so focused on trying to beat the game that I wasn't enjoying the fight. Mm. And I was like, this is like, so then, so then once I realized that I calmed down and I, I, I thought to myself, okay, do I like the fight enough to keep going? Mm-hmm. Or if, if the fight is not fun to me, then there's no point in beating this game. Yeah. And I decided, I was like this, like I played this fight so many times. I died so many times. And like then like and I love fighting games. Yeah. And this is a one on one fight with another <laughs> dude, right? He's just like one dude. Um, but like that the process of trying to like learn how to outmaneuver him and predict his movements was not fun for me anymore. Like I felt like I understood it enough to feel like I get what he's doing, but I like I wasn't reacting quick enough or thinking fast enough. And I thought, how much do I want to practice to be able to do this? And I was like, it's not really worth it to me. There's, I have so many other games that I could be spending time, like having fun right now. Yeah. It's like, fuck this game. Flip. Yeah. Turned it off. Yeah. I did not break any TVs <laughs> or controllers. No rage quitting. Oh, I rage quit. <laughs> Yo, I can't tell you how many times. I didn't just like close the game. I deleted the game. <laughs> I had to re-download the game. It takes like an hour or two yeah. to re-download. Like I, was, like, I would delete the whole fucking game. Oh, my God. Like, oh, like... I was so pissed. Fuck that's so game. good. Yeah. So that, yeah, it's like that. That to me was like, it's so funny how the ones I gave up on just don't. They just don't seem important. Yeah. Like I, I really struggled to come up with those. Yeah. It's so funny. Then I, I was like, oh, I, feel, I know how Craig feels now. <laughs> I feel I have reached the level of enlightenment that Craig has reached, <laughs> where he's perfect and he doesn't make any mistakes. Oh my god. <laughs> No. What about you? What, what kind of what kind of fit? so guitar? We have guitar in common. What else? What did you screw up on that you felt like you had to just give up? So I actually have one that's kind of similar to your ACL story. Oh, so this is when I was 
lifting a lot, and I was chasing the what was it one two three four, so one plate overhead, two plate bench, three plate squat, four plate deadlift. And I didn't get close to those numbers, so don't, don't <laughs> look at me <laughs> like that. <laughs> so there, uh, again, there was an effect. An, there was an effect of ego. So I'm deadlifting three plates. I'm like, oh shit, this is pretty sick. You know, three sixty five, I think, was my max at the time. And then I started being able to squat three fifteen, so three plates, and I. Don't know how exactly it happened, but it was pr- I'm pretty sure it was like bad form. So ego lifting a little bit, and I herniated a disc in my back. Oh, yeah, dude, it was crazy. So I could feel it pushing against my sciatica too. Oh my god! So it's just like this shooting pain. Like I could, oh man, there's a couple of days like I could barely even walk, and then oh. I probably did the hard headed thing. No, I did go to a doctor. And then they're like, "Oh, it's not that bad. Like, you don't need to do anything. Just kind of, you could kind of rehab it." And then you went for a PR the next day. No, <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't even like, was, like so much pain. <laughs> I wish I was mentally blocking. <laughs> so that basically put a stop to my lifting career, as mm. if I had one. But it so. To rehab it, there was these exercises that the doctor gave me to do, physical therapist gave me to do. And one of the things that I read, because I was like, I can't handle this. Like, I need to do something, was actually walking. Mm. So I'd walk. I used to live about a mile and a half from the office. So I'd walk to the office, and then I'd walk home every day. And they say, like, the the way you walk and the way your spine shifts and um, as you're walking it would help with that process too. Wow, that's cool. I didn't know that. Dude, the first couple of days of doing that, I was just like breaking a sweat, just trying to like manage the pain oh and walking. Oh my God. And I'm like, I am fucking going to do that. <laughs> but it took, I would say, a year to be better. And in that time, like that was my identity, right? I was a gym rat. I will go oh. every day. And then it was gone. So... You know, what do you do? You look for other hobbies, pick up other things. I can't recall what was the thing, but I just remember I started working a lot more. (laughs) (laughs) You fill the void, right? Yeah. No, we do. That's just, that's how it is. Yeah. So the vacuum will be filled, right? Yeah. So I've never gotten close to those numbers ever again, though. Yeah, but it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> it's completely okay. The Skynet version of you will hit those numbers. <laughs> Just put my voice in the robot so that I can be like, "Yeah, I did that." I want my body. No, I want my voice on Arnold Schwarzenegger's like peak body. That's, <laughs> yeah, just put my voice. Nah, he, but no, but his voice is cooler than mine. I'm sorry, it is. It's so much cooler. Sorry. It would be Not weird sorry. if you put his voice in my body. <laughs> I think it'd be so funny. You, they should try that it. would be funny, though. Yeah. Yeah. So, for me, I think that's the biggest one that I was like, meh, I'm going to let this go and find happiness elsewhere rather mm-hmm. than trying to tie my identity to something that I can't do. I mean, maybe, sure, I could have been a coach or like something like that, right? 
but I didn't want to put myself in a place where, because I, I still felt selfish enough that I wanted to be that person on the platform or whatever, but I couldn't, now I could, but then I couldn't see myself being a coach. I just realized that the story you just told and the story about my ACL is very, like you said, they, they parallel each other. <clears throat> but I was just thinking, like, why didn't I associate that as a as something I gave up on? Mm. And and like, and and because I, I don't think you did either, really. Like, well, kind of you did. Kind of we both did. Yeah. But the reason I didn't like, it's like, okay, we earlier we talked about like specific failures in general Mm -hmm. and to me like those are the things that like that were like the most impactful i i it's like i unconsciously chose things that were super impactful to me to to my life and then for the ones where like i i i'm describing stuff like i gave up on those are things that were clearly not that impactful like none of those things really matter so why then did i did i explain it or did, did i identify those things that way and I think something that we had in common about our stories about our physical injuries is that we we experienced that like that the pain of the failure, the acceptance, and then uh, that the perspective, the acceptance, and that the embracing it, and then we moved into it's like we transitioned out of it into something else. And I think like because of that that acceptance and that embracing it and the transition. Like, it's like it, it, I don't consider it something that I truly failed at. And I remember you saying something like that before because it's, it's like you try, it's even just fail, you transformed it into a new win. Yeah. And so it kind of blurs the lines. Right. Versus like this idea of, okay, what, what did we fail and give up on? That's like an abrupt stop. Yeah. I'm never playing Bloodborne again. <laughs> there is no going back. I didn't just like, like, like I to this day hold resentment just not for the game because that game is great. That boss, fuck that boss. Okay, <laughs> everything else super cool, but like, I feel like that's a that's an important point for us to to note. Right? Is is we're not just failing and learning from it; we're transforming it into a win. But it, it, and it might look different, but it's it's we're like, like alchemist we're just like turning it into <laughs> something right yeah no i i think if we just want to go into the next item here is that growth mindset oh yeah I guess. <laughs> yeah right <laughs> failure failure becomes that feedback point and i think a really big part of that is our perspective on the failure so if we looked at it as like woe is me and never again then you could be like the washed up athlete that never makes anything else happen outside of their, you know, one championship win or something. And then you look at <clears throat> people who really embrace failure as part of that growth process, right? It, it provides them that feedback so that they can use it in their system to tell them, okay, here's what I'm doing right. Here's what I could do better. And here's something that I can't do, but something that I can do different. So, an example of that would be Manny Pacquiao and his coach, um, Freddie Roach. Freddie Roach isn't a good boxer. He wasn't a good boxer at the time when he tried to take his hand in the ring. And I remember reading a story about how he 
understood his limitation as a boxer, but understood how he could be a better coach at it. Kind of the same like with Bill Belichick and the Patriots. Like when he started his whole team, he did something that people didn't enjoy doing, which was reviewing tape. So he understood the opposing team. I heard about that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, that is sort of like the growth, part of the growth mindset too. You, you kind of understanding where your flaws, where your weaknesses were in pursuing your goal. And then using that to understand, okay, if I can't do this or I'm not good at this, do I invest the time to develop that skill or do I turn and pivot it into something else? Or like the other things is, do I just let it go? Cause it's not that important. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent, man. Yeah. How do you, how do you see like failure in the growth process, Mike? It's kind of hard to add to what you just said. Cause I, I like, I totally agree with, with, with that idea, but um, yeah, like as we were talking, it makes sense to me that those are the two paths. It's either it goes in the trash can and I never think about it again unless yeah. somebody brings it up or like it changed my life. And, and, and then, and the ones that changed my life, were they really failures? <laughs> like, were they? Because like yeah. so much good came out of it. Like, right. how can I call that a failure? It's like, I learned a lesson. Yeah. But I guess technically by the dictionary definition, it was a failure. Right. It, it really was. And, and now, you know, why I struggled yeah. so hard with that. Like, especially on the spot, I was like, what? What, what do I say? Yeah. Because <laughs> every out of every real failure that I've had in my life, I've gained something out of it mm-hmm. that put me in the position to be speaking with you, speaking to everyone on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you'd be a completely different person, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's, so, <laughs> That's so funny. You uh, egotistical bastard. <laughs> so perfect. Yeah. You have no failures. Come on. <laughs> Failure. Oh yeah, I like stepped in a puddle and now there's a stain on my shoe. <laughs> Man, life is so hard. Life is so hard. <laughs> I put so we're talking about the growth mindset. I literally put in my notes. Oh, I already said this. I don't care about growth. I already said that. Yeah, we have a growth podcast and I don't care about growth. Um, but like I, I, we kind of touched on this like throughout the conversation, right? It's like like growth in and of itself is not something I ever truly focused on with the exception of like times where I was trying to like get more proficient at something like there, there there's, there's been times where like in drums or um, like in video games or stuff, but like, but when it comes to like, like the other, the other experiences in my life where failure has played a part in my growth, like a lot of the times the growth wasn't even intentional. It was like, I was so focused on the system whether I knew it or not, a lot of times, like, like if I'm aware of it, I feel like fully in control of it. But a lot of times the times I grew, I didn't even know I was operating in a system, but I was. And then eventually just led to a result. Now in hindsight, being aware of that, if someone's listening to this and never experienced that, if they can focus on that as being like the primary objective, not the growth itself, not the result, not like letting go of the regret of the past, letting go of the desired result, and just focusing on the system that it leads to growth, which ultimately always feels like happy for me. I always feel happy when I grow. Uh, but then, but to feel happy when you grow is also looking back at the change that's happened. Right. 
Yeah, I think that's I think that's part of it. Yeah, like which is like part of your system, like a sense a sense of accomplishment, right? Because we have to we have to know where we were to 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 like have an assessment. Oh, because otherwise it's all just just kind of nothing, right? Without yeah. that difference, right. it's like oh, there's like nothing nothing special, right? But like but then but at the same time like. It's so funny because although that's like a, a positive feeling of a, like being able to see, look back and see my achievement, like I find so much more fun in the process than than that feeling. Like in like in some cases, oh, here's OK. Here's oh my gosh. <laughs> it all came full circle. Times where I focused on something I wanted, then I failed. Mm. Like like I'll, I'll use like weight loss as an example we, we we talked about that earlier there was a time where like one time i gained the weight and i wanted to lose weight and my goal was weight loss and i was so focused just on the like wanting to get that that i like really 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 struggled and then when i stopped thinking about that and i started focusing on learning like a diverse amount of skills right you gave the, that example like learning from what was that book called how how to fail at everything? Oh yeah, how to fail at everything and still win big. Right. So like what the, one of the themes in there that that you shared with me is something that works really well. Like having focusing on a diverse uh, a diverse set of skills to to build that system. When I started doing the system and found fun in the routine of it, then I ended up losing weight. But I wasn't even trying. Like it was it was I was just having fun being a nerd. About yeah. things, watching YouTube stuff and like learning how to cook. And like, I had never learned how to cook before that. But when I focus on cooking, instead of like focusing on losing weight, I focus on cooking. Instead of focusing on losing weight, I focus on um, n- n- knowledge about nutrition. I started learning about like exercises. And then, like, what you're talking about, right? Like, did I work out too hard? How often can I work out? And learning my own limits, being aware, all of those things. Like we're just right there in that moment, but then they they all contributed to achieving the result that I get, I let I let go of I I didn't <laughs> even care about it anymore. Yeah, so like before, I would struggle to lose like five pounds, and five pounds is like water weight. <laughs> you could just starve yourself and lose five pounds, right? Yeah. But then when I did the system, like I I lost like four forty pounds. Whew. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I gained it all back, but. <laughs> That's you know neither here nor there. Yeah. Right. right. The point is, it worked. Lost it. It, it worked. Works. It worked. <laughs> right. But that that experience, yeah, I totally. I think we're. I wanted to disagree with you on something over there, but too. But I I think we're the same there. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying Animal to contrast. I'm trying to disagree with you as well. Trying <laughs> <laughs> to yeah. So it's like we're arriving at the same conclusion. Like we started thinking slightly different, and then we're we're just thinking about the same stuff now. Okay, so here's one thing I will say that I do disagree with you. Okay. So you mentioned a couple times that, and I know I, know I kind of backed it up too, but just for a little uh, flavor here. <laughs> so growth is a byproduct of the system is what you mentioned. And then just like having achieved the goal wasn't the outcome, but it was like a byproduct. And I think what I'm going to have to disagree with is that it can't just be the byproduct. Like, there needs to be some level of intention, which I think is a key part of being able to 
even set a goal or, or to, to say that you want to practice growing or to grow, having the intention and putting it out there sets the direction. And then I think you can have your byproducts of growth and uh, achieving the goal that you want. I hear what you're saying. I think I need to. I think I need to rephrase the way I said it, because, because I agree with that, it, and it's like because without without like a like a vision, there's no direction. Mm-hmm. So I totally agree with that. I think what I meant by that was more like this, like the satis- the fulfillment and satisfaction from it, mm. from achieving the goal. Because like uh. like my my like when I say letting go of the goal, I don't mean like letting go of the vision. Like, <laughs> like you can't just go blind and hope for the best. Right. I totally agree with that. But what I meant more was like my attachment to the, the feeling of what, like what I want. Mm. Like I'm letting go of what I want, not like the vision of what that would look like, but like I'm letting go of having to have it a certain way mm. that, and that's more what it is. It's not cause yeah, I agree. Like you can't just go blind. That like, that doesn't make any sense. Damn it. That wasn't as controversial yeah. as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. But no, but, but it's good that you pointed that out because <clears throat> like that needed clarifying because yeah. that it's, it's more specific than just like, like, Oh, I don't care if you don't, if you truly let go and you don't care about something you, like, you then why bother doing then it? Then you'll never beat the bloodborne boss. Right. <laughs> but then you can delete the game. Yeah. But right, right. So it, that's a good clarification, though, because it's not letting go of the vision; it's letting go of the attachment to needing that 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 result to happen. Yeah, it, it's letting go of the attachment to that external validation point that you were saying earlier. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and allowing like hmm. so earlier, you're talking about like the law of attraction and like the brain just kind of problem solving this way to the result. It's like it's like not, like you said, not just thinking about a million bucks, but allowing the brain to do its thing, allowing that system to work its way slowly towards that goal on yeah. its own, not getting in the way, like the not allowing the the desire to get in the way of the path to the vision. Like yeah. that, that, that has that's the, the and that part is the ego. Like, why do I want to lose weight? Because I want to feel less insecure. Mm-hmm. Like, that's my ego. Who cares? Yeah. Who cares? At the end of the nobody day. cares if I'm fat or skinny or nobody cares. Right? Like the only if, person passing that judgment on yourself is Bingo. You. Yep. And if I let go of that, because that's only my problem. Once I let go of that, like then then it's it, and it's a lot less stressful. Mm-hmm. It's way less stressful. Cause I'm less disappointed. <laughs> right? Yeah. I can eat right. healthy for a week and then I eat McDonald's yesterday. Yeah. And I'm like wow, I feel bloated and like I feel sick and sluggish and yeah. like, you know. and is, are you going to let that one day destroy that entire week of good eating? Exactly. Now, well, no. now I got to eat pizza every day. <laughs> right? I ruined my, I ruined my life. I ate McDonald's one time. Uh, it's over guys. Okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's just a little hiccup. Okay. So the last thing I want to cover for the podcast today is being kind to ourselves. Like, this podcast has some interesting um, directions that we've taken it in. Our very first podcast was pretty interesting. Uh-huh. Um, some of the editing. <laughs> but I think this is something that society and even our education system doesn't teach us right 
or properly, I guess, is teaching ourselves to be kind to our failures. You can't expect perfection out of the gate. And to do that is setting an unrealistic expectation of yourself or others. What you can set is, hey, I'm going to try. And by saying you're going to try and actually doing so, you know, it gives you a little bit of empathy to yourself. I think something that I didn't have before was that letting go of the outcome because I did attach myself to the end result. And then like, that was my identity, right? I got to be this, but I didn't. So now who am I? What am I going to do? And I feel like there's a, there's a lot of that. And it's kind of like learning how to say, okay, accepting that, like we said, right? Accepting that I didn't make it and trying to say, okay, what can I do to make it? And then just, uh, I don't know how to describe it other than just like be kind to the fact that you didn't. Maybe that it just wasn't the right time. You didn't have the right skills. You didn't have the right tools in your toolbox to get that thing, that end result. And shit, maybe it's not even the right thing in the first place. Yes. So, I don't know. What What do you think about that? Trying to teach yourself to be kind in the light of failure. Something that helps me when it comes to being kind. So, when, when, you, when you put that agenda item... Um, teaching ourselves to be kind. I wasn't sure if you meant to ourselves or to, or to others. other people. <laughs> so I, I wrote an answer for both. Okay. And, and, but I th- it's kind of the same, actually, I guess. It's like, so when it comes to like myself, it's forgiving myself is to release myself of the burden of regret, letting go of the past and accepting where I'm at um, and just being present. It all ties back to things we were talking about earlier. That to me is, is, like how I forgive myself and what kind of um, what kind of helps with that uh, is like like I <clears throat> in the beginning I was talking about like gaining perspective and, and maintaining awareness and I, like if I feel like I take a step back and I visualize myself like I, sometimes I literally visualize myself I visualize myself in front of me and like I'm watching myself <clears throat> and I think like I look around and I think none of this matters. None of like nothing. All these things I think are so important. <laughs> none of this matters. I do that too. A real common theme, a uh, real, uh, um, a real, like uh, a profound saying that one of my mentors told me was, um, you know, even if you leave, the company will, will go on without you. Mm. We're, we're going to be just fine. You know who I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that that put my ego in check. And it's not like I was I was hurt by that. I was relieved by that. Like the reason he said that, he, he didn't say that to like embarrass me. Right. He said it to comfort bad. me. Yeah. Like I, I was expressing concern. Right. That if I if I leave, who's gonna do this? Right. Everything's gonna go right. And that can apply to like fire. Right. It could be like work my family, mm-hmm. like everything, anything that I feel responsible for. Mm. Like, it's like realize taking a step back and realizing once I'm gone, the world, the universe doesn't care. Three will, generations from now, you'll be nothing. They will, like, nobody no, will care. No one's going to care. And like, re, like once I maintain, once I realize that and if I'm able to maintain that awareness, then it's very easy to forgive myself. Dude, you know how they say, if something's bothering you, 
will it bother you five minutes from now, <laughs> five days from now, five weeks from now, five months from now, five years from now? I think about that a lot because they're, you know, when you're driving home in traffic, it yeah. fucking sucks. Yeah. Someone cuts you off. Is that going to bother? Is that going to make a difference in your life five years from now? Not as much a difference as tearing your ACL. Yeah. <laughs> Right, I had to throw that in there. That's, yeah, yeah, those are a little different. I say, I guess. yeah, slightly different experience. Yeah, but I mean, I, I, I totally vibe with that because I think about that a lot. Like, if I'm not here, does it make a difference? And I'm like, and that goes to some of the things that we talked about in some of the earlier podcasts. It doesn't. So why not freaking try everything? Do anything you want and experience the full gamut. Of success, of failure, of regret. Within legal boundaries. Within legal boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> Just got to put that disclaimer out there, within legal boundaries. <laughs> I mean, we, we want everyone to, to explore their passions, but uh, within legal boundaries only. Please, please, please. 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 <laughs> I, but I feel like, okay, that applies to us, but it also applies when looking at other people too. It's the same thing. Like looking at them, like I like people make mistakes. Yeah. I get very frustrated. Oh, yeah. But it's easier to forgive them when I realize that none of this matters. <laughs> it, it like how much does it really matter? It doesn't. It really doesn't. So I don't know. I mean, if you're failing at your job description, <laughs> no. I mean, I I get what you're coming from because yeah. like I I can understand a hundred times out of a hundred if you're trying to do something, and the issue that I would have is the intent behind it. So if you're honestly trying to learn how to do something, then I'm right there with you. But if you're trying to do something and you don't care, why should I care? And going to your point too, right? Who the hell else would care? The only reason that we're here together doing something is because I thought we both cared about this thing. Obviously not. So does yeah, does that matter? I don't think so. But do you have my empathy when we're trying to do something? Hell yeah. As long as we're in it together. Mm. Yeah, I think nothing matters. <laughs> I don't think anything matters. Like even like, even like, cause so like, although okay, in, in that moment, it within that, within that moment, I agree it matters. But like, In the, when we take a step back, the universe doesn't care whether or not we do our jobs. It's like, it's still like, it, it still doesn't, like nothing. Bro, we're in, we're insignificant. There's more than 6 billion people on the planet. That's just the planet. Like, yeah. it's not even like the depth not, of the scope of the universe. It's right. It's crazy. not even like, if you think about life in general. Yeah. Like, we're insignificant. I do agree, though, like, if working towards a goal, it is frustrating to work with somebody who's not trying. Yeah. Intent does matter. It does. In, 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 within that within that perspective. But, like, when it comes to, like, um, even even that kind of failure, though, like, even if someone's, like, like, not deliberately trying to do a good job, for example, like, if someone, if you have a team member and they're not trying it still kind of doesn't matter. Like, like the goal that we're working towards kind of doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> like we're doing, we're trying to do a good job and we're trying to get better at this podcast and we're trying to like provide value. 
it kind of doesn't matter. Like it's <laughs> it's like like the only thing that matters to me for this is like right now, mm. like and like it just being here in this moment and 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 I can choose to like like. Actually, this is a bad example because I enjoy doing this. We're both having, <laughs> this is a bad example because we're both like in it together, yeah. right? If you're to apply this, like, let me think of an example where I was trying to do something and somebody else would, yeah, like my dog, I can't control my dog, right? He mm-hmm. was a spoiled brat. Mm-hmm. And like in the end, I kind of just decided it didn't really matter. And he was not trying to follow what I was trying, like the goal that I was trying to achieve. He was not helping, but it's okay. Like I forgave him and he's still a good boy, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it's kind of okay. But I think though, like that's from the perspective of the step back in the universe. Mm-hmm. But when, if we are looking at like more like practically more like functionally towards a specific goal, then like, yeah, that can be frustrating for sure. Like it's, it's a, it's certainly a hindrance. Yeah. Like yeah. from trying to achieve a certain result, but, but, and this is only looking at like, I, I'm only talking about forgiving others here, mm-hmm. like for, for mistakes, not so much like, uh, like I, I wasn't thinking of it as like, we're both in it, like towards a goal. It's, it's more like just oh, like yeah, how yeah. much, like that, that individual, yeah, like yeah. how much, how much does what they did really matter? Like I, I, like even like if we're if we're on if I'm on a team with somebody and they were working towards something, but they're not like contributing as much as I think they they could. Like I can't I can't. There's nothing I can do but try to work around that. Mm-hmm. I can't make them do it right. Yeah. So and so like I can choose: do I forgive them or do I not? And like the truth is, it doesn't matter. So like there's no point in me stressing about it. You know. In Jocko's book, Extreme Ownership, mm-hmm. one of the things he talks about is when he starts working with people, he has no expectation. Zero. It doesn't matter what your title is. It doesn't matter what you do. Zero expectations. Because after that, everything that they do becomes impressive because you aren't expecting them to do <laughs> anything. <laughs> That's a great way to look at it. Yeah. I love that. I, dude, I, I try to take that perspective um, for some things, I'm just like, hmm, that's really nice. That's awesome. <laughs> that's good stuff. No, that's great. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I was just feeling a little depressed. It's so nihilistic. Nothing matters. Like, things do matter. <laughs> this is, this is, is this the, the, the divergent point that we can have? <laughs> you know what's funny, though? It's like, I, I don't see it as a bad thing. Like, to me, I don't either. To me, it's a positive thing. No, I no, I mean, I mean, like, the nothing matters thing. Yeah. Like, because nothing matters, it's good. Like, yeah, it's so no. it's such a relief. That's why I brought yeah. up that point that Jocko um, yeah. mentioned, and that's that's um, everything, everywhere, all at once. Did oh, you watch that I movie? I did watch that movie, dude. I love that movie. I love that movie so Michelle much. Michelle Yeoh, I love Michelle Yeoh. She's yeah. so cool. Yeah, that when you said nothing matters, like that's the first thing. The bagel, the bagel. Oh yeah, <laughs> I put everything. On the bagel. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no, like, yeah, at the end of the day, right, does it really matter? No. Life goes on. I think every every single horror movie and every, like, future dystopian movie shows that the planet will continue. It'll continue with or without us. Mm-hmm. And 
at the end of the day, does it really matter what we do here on this podcast with other people? Nah. But can you make it matter for you and for other people? Yeah. Yep. It's like because nothing matters, everything can matter. Yeah. And the cool thing is we get to choose which ones do. Yes. So like it, it's, it's like simultaneously a relief from like not having to stress about the things that we realize don't matter. Because we can we can easily say nothing. If, if nothing matters, then, there's then why do anything? nothing to be stressed about? Yeah. But because nothing matters, anything can matter if we want it to. And we can we can elevate that thing. And it can be anything we want. We can and we and we we can choose to what degree it matters. Yeah. And so it, having that control is so I, I, in one way it's relieving and in one way it's uplifting because you don't have to stress because none of this is none of this matters. And then you can you can rejoice in the moment because this is the only thing that matters right now. Yeah. You get to choose that. Like I like that. It, you know, it, it's it's good both ways. Mm-hmm. It's, I don't. Yeah, it's definitely. But 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 like yeah, that that same topic could look like depression and despair. Yeah, nothing matters. Therefore, nothing matters. <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> <laughs> like why do anything? Yeah, right. But your your perspective is a complete opposite of depression. Yeah. It's 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 not why nothing matters. So so why do anything? Nothing matters. So why not do everything? Yeah, right. Like. Do it all. I think, okay, and to tie it back to failure really quickly. <laughs> I mean, it's only the topic we've been talking about for the past hour and a half. <laughs> is if nothing matters and then everything can matter, the only difference is your perspective. Yep. And when we fail at something, the only time it really is failure is if that's the only perspective you look at it. If you shift your perspective and see a growth opportunity, a lesson to be learned, or lesson learned even, then was it really a failure? Yep. Yeah. With that, Mike, anything to wrap up today's podcast? No, I I I I think that I want to read that book that you recommended it, How to Fail at Everything. That sounded like oh, a good one. Yeah. What was the other one you mentioned? Man, man, a Man's Search for Meaning. I've heard that title before. Yeah. I never read it though. So, but I would say like, if anyone wanted to read, that would be a good recommendation for reading. I want to try to read those myself. Yeah. Man's Search for Meaning is definitely on my list. You also mentioned Jocko Willinick, Extreme Ownership. Yep. It's on your bookshelf yep. over there. I actually bought it, you know. <laughs> oh, really? Not, not like not thinking you were going to bring it in. I like, I ended up buying my own copy. <laughs> so yeah, but we can lend out that one. Okay. Yeah. No, thanks, man. I think that was a really fun conversation. I appreciate it. Okay. Yeah, for sure. So I just wanted to do this thing real quick. So um, four items I want to hit and wrap it up. So Kaizen is a Japanese business philosophy of continuous improvement of working practices and personal efficiency. I think if you think about podcasts and growth in general, that is Kaizen, just the philosophy of continuous improvement. I think James Clear in Atomic Habits takes it another step forward by saying, you know, we can be 1% better every day by developing good habits and structuring that intention in your habits. The book that Mike is mentioning, How to Fail at Everything and Still Win Big by Scott Adams, I read that a long time ago. 
And he talks about developing a system for success and embracing failure as learning opportunities. And to me, you know, tying that with the James Clear's Atomic Habits is like you develop the habit of success is kind of where I wanted to tie those two ideas together. And then the last one, I gotta mention it, shout out to our boy, Ryan Holiday. Obstacle is the way, right? Obstacles aren't roadblocks. They're opportunities for growth and development. And looking at failure as obstacles, as opportunities for growth and development gives us that ability and opportunity to practice growing. And with that, thank you all for listening. 